Hello and welcome to another episode of My Soccer Story. My name is Joshua Doring. Thanks for joining me as I talk to people from across the world of soccer to learn about their journey and what the sport means to them. My guest today is Carly Freelis, who plays for the Philippines Women's National Team and Virginia Commonwealth University. Carly began her college career at Coastal Carolina and joined the VCU program after playing in the World Cup this summer. Our conversation covered everything from Carly's World Cup experience to what her preparation for the tournament looked like and her pride in representing the Philippines. Sit back, relax, and listen as Carly Fries shares her soccer story. Joining me today is VCU and Philippines Women's National Team member Carly Freelies. Carly, thank you so much for taking some time to share your soccer story. Thanks for having me. First thing, I want to kind of go to the very beginning, and there's so much to jump in with your World Cup experience and and everything else you've kind of gone through and experienced these past couple of years. But I always like to just go back to the very start. So for you, where do you feel like your soccer story began and you really started to get introduced to the sport? Yeah, my mom played growing up. um, And I think when I was younger, they just kind of threw me into all the sports. And I played soccer and swim and gymnastics and basketball and dance, like all the things. And soccer was the only thing that stuck. It was the only thing that I didn't like want to run around in a circle and not listen to anybody. So my mom kept me in soccer and it ended up really working out. So, yeah, I feel like even just like through my childhood, I just fell in love with the sport. So it stuck really well. When do you feel like it transitioned from being something that you were doing because your your parents put you into it? It was something to stay busy, stay active, kind of following your mom's footsteps to something that you were really interested in and wanted to take seriously and make it more than just a fun activity yeah maybe when I was 10 or 11 and they were like was travel soccer and then I was introduced to the whole you can play in college and you can you know there's a professional league like you can play professional and I think once I got that idea in my mind and kind of could set a goal then I really kind of like dove deep into the sport and started devoting pretty much all my life to it. That's interesting to me because I've talked to a lot of players who weren't even necessarily aware that Division One scholarships were a thing and maybe aware of national teams and things like that, but maybe not even the NWSL. You mentioned goals. Did you have something specific once you decided to really jump in and dedicate everything you had to the sport, whether that was getting a scholarship, D1, playing in a World Cup, playing in the NWSL, did you have kind of a specific target or were you just kind of going for everything? I think at that young age, the target was just to play D1. Um, My aunt played at Washington State, so that's kind of how I was introduced. But I think once I learned about the divisions and NCAA, like I just really wanted to play D1 and that's through like middle and high school is what I put most of my focus um, onto. One of the interesting parts of your journey for me, if I understand this correctly, is you're talking about learning about the sport, wanting to go D1, being aware that the professional pathway is there for you, is early on in your career, you are also getting this interest from the Philippines national team. And it's not something where that kind of came at the very end for you. That was part of your 
development as a soccer player, I feel like. Is that accurate? And if so, what were those initial conversations like when this became a possibility that even at the youth level, you could represent the Philippines? No, that's accurate. Um, I think when I was 13, um, maybe 12, actually, I the there's a scout um, in America who scouts Filipino-Americans. His name's Mark. Um, and he reached out to my dad and just kind of told him that they were holding a camp in California for Filipino-American girls um, for the Philippines national team. I didn't even know the Philippines had a women's national team at that point. Like, I literally had no idea. And when I heard that possibility, I was like, that's really cool. Like, why would I not go? I mean, also I'm a kid at this point. So my parents played a big role in that. Um, so I went to try out just like kind of on a limb, whatever, went to California. Um, and then I got called up to the youth team, um, like U14 um, in 2016. So I went and tried out in the Philippines and had a month long camp there um, before a tournament. And I wish I could have had more experiences with the youth team because that was probably one of like, out of everything that I've done in the past two years, like being with the youth team is like very near and dear to my heart because I feel like I got to really establish some lifelong friends and like learn a lot about my heritage and also what, how I can make a career out of being a woman's soccer player. Like I had no idea that, I could play in a world cup and I could play on a national team and I could be pro. And I feel like once I got that taste, I just like needed more and needed to keep pushing to get that. What was that part of it like for you where at the age of 14, most people are, you know, just trying to figure out how to get their homework done or get yeah. whatever it might be, just live life as you know early teenage years. And here you are making decisions about national teams and flying around the world to participate in, in camps and just what was that part of it like for you where you're you're dealing with things and making decisions that most people even in their adulthood don't have to make decisions let alone somebody who's 14 15 just becoming a teenager yeah I, I'm internally grateful for that I think it's so important that I was able to go to the Philippines as a kid um and see the country and see what my culture and what my heritage is all about um obviously it was a hard decision. Like I had to go live in the Philippines for a month when I was a kid, like away from my family. And I think that was really scary, but um, I would never regret it. I think it made me mature in a way that a lot of kids don't get to mature like that. Um, but I think it's so, so important that I was faced with that decision. Even if at the time I thought that like it was life or death and like, this was the most important thing in my life. Like, it, it was an easy choice, basically, because I knew that it would jumpstart my future. Now, what was your knowledge level, familiarity with the Philippines, Filipino culture before you started getting integrated into the youth national team setup? Obviously, it's part of who you are. It's mm -hmm. part of your, your family. Had you ever visited before? Just what was your kind of integration into Filipino culture like before you got that experience yeah. yeah I had never been to the Philippines before um that year when I went for soccer um my Lolo and my Lola that are my Filipino grandparents taught me like everything I needed to know about the culture and you know like um and my dad he's full so I like learned stuff through them and my family and like 
I learned what it means to be Filipino and like to have that pride in our country and in our culture. Um, and I always felt like that. Um, just super proud to be Filipino always growing up. Um, but it really gave me a different perspective once I went there and um, got to see what the country looked like, got to meet some family who I didn't even know existed. Like um, it just kind of humbled me a lot. Um, and I feel like uh, living with like girls who were born and raised in the Philippines, like they taught me so much. Like I got to learn little phrases in Tagalog, which is the language in the Philippines from them. And like, um, just like more about like what it's really like to live and grow up there. So that's always stuck with me. And I don't think I would forget that stuff. What was, that was the other thing I wanted to ask you about the youth national team partners. What was that initial interaction or interactions like with your youth teammates you mentioned that was a a really important thing for you you developed these really strong friendships i have to imagine that's a an interesting place to be as a 14 year old as somebody coming into a country that obviously you're you're familiar with but like you said you don't know the ins and outs of living there because you've never Mm -hmm. been there before they also can't necessarily relate to everything that you you know such different backgrounds and experiences what was that part of part of it like for you learning how to build those relationships and and having so much success developing relationships with people from just such a different life background as you Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i think it was easy for us because we were so similar but so different like we could relate fully on being filipino and being a soccer player and being a kid but we were so different in that I grew up in Northern Virginia in America and they grew up in the Philippines. And I think we could kind of take our similarities, similarities and our differences and kind of wrap them together and how like, Oh, this is really cool that like we did this same thing in completely different places. And we lived this similar experience when we're coming from such different places. Like I think it really bonded us. Um, But same with those girls. Like I just, immediately clicked with them we became best friends almost instantly and i'm still friends with them a lot of them i still talk to so that's really cool and and you've said multiple times it wasn't a difficult decision you were confident this is what you wanted to do what was the process of kind of getting from the first camp the initial interest the initial experience to deciding i want to be 100 all in on being a, a Philippines women's national team member playing for the full team. Was there, was there any thoughts about obviously you would be able to represent the the U S too, if you chose, or were you just all in from the very beginning of this is what I want to do. No second thoughts, just the, the dual national commitment process, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, once, once I got a taste of the Philippines, I got to see the country meet the girls, the coaches. I was in love. I was in love. I, I didn't even have a second thought about it. I knew that I wanted to play for the senior team and I wanted to represent the Philippines and my Filipino family and my grandparents and my dad. Um, that, that was an easy choice. Once I was introduced to that, I did get called up for other youth camps. I wasn't able to go, um, which I, I wish, I think at the time I thought I wasn't able to go cause I was in high school. I definitely could have went looking back on it. Um, and I, I'm so glad that I eventually got the opportunity to go try out for the senior team almost two years ago now. Um, but that was also an easy choice. Like as soon as they 
called me up and said, hey, do you want to come try out before we go to World Cup qualifiers? I was like, yeah, I'm flying out tomorrow. Like, get me out there. So it, it's always been an easy choice to, like, show my loyalty to them. Now, when you get to the World Cup qualification process and yours was even interesting in and of itself, the way you chose to approach it and to be all in on training to take a break from school so that you can be completely locked into preparing for the World Cup. What what did that all look like, both from a qualification process and then also how you approached getting ready for a World Cup in this historic moment for your national team? Yeah, I left Coastal at the end of our semester to try out for AFC Asian Cup, which is the World Cup qualifiers. Um, We had a 10-week-long camp, which was grueling, but we needed to have it. It obviously paid off because we qualified. Um, The tournament was really different. It was in India. Um, During the heat of COVID, it was hard. Um, No fans. Um, lockdown, bubbles, everything. It was really hard. It was a hard tournament, but I think once we got that first win against Thailand, we, we knew like, okay, we're here. We have a goal. We need to punch above our weight and we're going to get this. We're going to qualify. And every chance we got that tournament, I think we showed that we deserve to be there and we deserve to qualify. Um, that game that we qualified was unreal. I mean, that's still even now, being to a world cup is probably one of the most unreal experiences I've ever had in my life. Um, there's like the feeling of doing something for the first time for your country is like, I, I don't know. You can't beat that. I feel like I've been chasing a feeling like that for so long and you just can't beat it. Um, and that's a feeling I only get when I play with the national team. But um, after that, we fully dove into prepping for the world cup. I mean, just at the end of that tournament, we already had discussions about what the year was going to look like and how we were going to prepare ourselves best to do that. Um, And I knew it was going to be really hard and we were going to have camps every month. And that's why I decided to step away from school um, and take a gap year because like it was a once in a lifetime opportunity. I was never going to get this chance again. And like, in the end, like school could have waited. So that's kind of why I took a break. Um, and then I was just like fully with the national team for the two, the year and a half. Do you feel like now looking, and I want to talk about the world cup in particular next, Mm -hmm. but do you feel like all of that preparation and being 100% locked in to the national team mindset for so long leading up to the world cup for you in particular and for the team as a whole paid huge dividends because it's always interesting the conversations of you know these nwsl players are kind of going back and forth and they had this Mm -hmm. long stretch right before the world cup where it was just league game league game whatever it might be that there weren't a lot of national team camps and so it was kind of going back and forth and not necessarily getting into a rhythm until the last you know once you actually go to camp for Mm -hmm. the world cup you had a very different experience how much of a benefit do you feel like it was to just know i am solely focused on preparing for the world cup and doing what I can to help this team. Yeah. Uh, it definitely had its pros and it also had its cons. I mean, I didn't have a club for a long time um, until January of this year. I didn't have a club, which is hard because like you can only be with the national team for so long. So once we went home, I was training by myself and I feel like that also developed a lot of drive for me and kind of showed what kind of person I am because like I, 
literally just had to work my butt off every time I was home by myself, which is hard because you're not with a team. Um, but at the same time, I got to like devote all my energy, all my like brain power, like everything I could was devoted to the national team. So I could focus on one formation and one tactic and like just the only things that our team focuses on. And I know it's hard to go back and forth from both just from talking to some of my teammates who have clubs. So I really benefited from that just because it was all I had to focus on. When you qualify, you mentioned you've kind of been chasing that, that feeling ever since and are not sure you're ever going to get something to replicate it. So you've talked about that part. The other thing I wanted to ask you is what was the reaction in the country as a whole? How did, how did you feel sort of from a community standpoint with qualifying and I guess the entire world cup experience Mm -hmm. we've never felt anything except for their undying love and support which I think is so important and I think before we started to be really successful women's football was on the come up in the Philippines but like it's not a it's not a soccer country it's just like that's just the truth like it's not the biggest sport and I think when we qualified it started to get really popular and people wanted to follow us and support us and we always felt that um just by social media by billboards in the country of like our pictures on them and just like them showing that they watch our games you know they had watch parties during the world cup and seeing those videos is just like crazy and even in new zealand like there was no reason why we should have felt like it was a home game when we were playing new zealand in new zealand and like you could only hear the filipinos in that crowd of 45,000 people. It was insane. Like Filipinos do a really good job of supporting and having pride in our country. And I really think that they showed that for us. What now to the world cup itself, what are the, the takeaways you are going to have from that experience? And was there anything that surprised you, caught you off guard? You didn't expect about the world cup process whether that was what kind of camp leading up to it looked like or something actually on the field in australia and new zealand just i have to imagine there were so many emotions going through your head (laughs) it was very emotional i we had a month-long camp in australia before we went to new zealand and that was 100 the most grueling part of any of our lives obviously like you're you're putting your entire being on the line every day because you want this so bad. And when we had the day that we found out we were on the roster, I think it was like so much tension leading up to it that we were almost numb. Like I remember my coach told me, I went back out to my hotel room and I literally was just like, what just happened? And like, what are we about to do? And like, I feel like I didn't really have any expectation just because like, this was going to be the biggest world cup women's world cup that they've had yet. And that was like already an expectation that we knew before going into it. And we just didn't know like what kind of support are they going to give women in this? We, we see what the men get. We see how the men's world cup goes, but like, how are they going to match that? You know? Um, and when we got there, like signs all over in New Zealand, fans everywhere. I mean, the hotels were like top notch. We had our own, our own rooms we had buses like everything was as professional as it could be 
Um, and then once we started really training and getting ready for those games, I feel like everyone was just kind of a mess. Like I, I myself get super emotional when I think and talk about it just cause like, I almost felt like a spectator at some times cause it was our first time. So like we would see things and I'd be like, Oh my God, like this is for us. Like what's going on. Um, but my, my most, like just the craziest moment was the first game um, against Switzerland and just like being in that stadium, which was our lowest attended game, but just seeing the flag in the stadium for the first time and hearing our national anthem being played in a world cup for the first time was super overwhelming. And we were all a mess. We were all a mess and crying, but it was, I like don't have many words besides they're just unreal. Like it was overwhelming, unreal, obviously the best experience of my life, but yeah. How did you as a team approach the tournament once you've got a final roster, once you know you're going and have completed qualification, mm-hmm. knowing as you as we talked about, this is the first time expanded tournament, more teams. There were just a lot of unknowns, I feel like, in the tournament yeah. in general, in addition to not necessarily knowing what to expect because this was your force, your team's first time what would just what was the the mindset and the whether it's it's specific goals you had or just kind of how you your coaching staff your team your teammates wanted to approach it and what you were hoping to get out of the tournament yeah I mean our our biggest goal first and foremost for foremost first and foremost is to get out of the group and we came really really close and we didn't and that sucked but there was so much to take away from that we got our first goal in the world cup and our first and our second game in the world cup, like not many teams are able to do that in the, um, being a debutante in a world cup. Um, and that was one of our goals, get a goal, get a win. Um, but ultimately get out of the group. Um, we had not smaller goals, which is like not main goals. Like obviously grow the support for women's soccer in the Philippines, grow the game in the Philippines. So more young girls have opportunity, young girls and boys have opportunities to play. Um, and once we, and then like tournament wise, once we had the draw, knew who we were playing, um, came to camp, we did film on all the teams, you know, just kind of like prepared for what we had to do, what their strengths, what their weaknesses are, what our strengths and weaknesses are and how we could beat them. Um, it was a lot of prep. I think the goal setting was good and it does stink that we didn't get to meet our main goal, but there was so much more to take away than just like not getting out of the group. What, what does it feel like to step onto the field in a world cup game? What are the, everybody just talks about how overwhelming it is and maybe you just can't put it into words, but what, mm. what do you remember about that moment in particular? I was standing on the sideline, really nervous to go in, obviously. <laughs> um, like we're winning one nil. It's like 10 minutes to go. Like what, what am I going to bring? How am I, how am I going to keep our win? I'm just thinking about how I can gain our lead and how I can defend our lead. Um, I don't know. I feel like I did a lot of work before that mentally just to like try to drown that. I mean, how do you drown out 40,000 people? You can't really, but um, I feel like I just got on and I was like, you just have to run until you can anymore. It's 10 minutes. Like you just have to run and you have to, show how you're willing to put yourself on the line for this country and 
how you're willing to put your body on the line for this team. And that was my only thought in mind is to just show how devoted I was to the team and to the country and just be proud. Like, honestly, just get on the field and like, it sucks. I mean, I, I, I was offsides on a goal. Terrible. I wish I didn't do that, but at the same time, like you just have to move on. Like this is for the country. Like this is for the sport. And, you know, I feel like having that in the back of my head is just to like be proud really helped me during that whole tournament because I was just proud to be there and I was proud to represent the Philippines. This might be a little bit of a strange question, but I'm curious for you in particular, not coming from NWSL or England, you know, La Liga in Spain, where you're playing against World Cup players consistently. Mm -hmm. You're coming from the college ranks and then obviously taking the year off to prepare for the tournament. Now that you are back in the college ranks, how would you compare in any way you want, whether it's talent level or just what it looks like preparation, mm-hmm. a, a world cup, your world cup experience with what you see in the college game? Yeah. I mean, undoubtedly the world cup and national play is faster and stronger and, um, more technical and physical. Um, I mean, that comes with experience. I mean, I we were playing against girls from Switzerland, Norway, and New Zealand who have been playing for internationally for more than 10, 15 years, who have been playing professionally for the biggest teams for a long time. And I, I guess it just could be a lack of experience in the college game, but I do... I do feel a sense of like team culture and work and belonging and family still in the college game. And especially with VCU, I think this, this team is really special and the girls, we have our own principles and ideas set and we live up to those every day. And I think everybody's there for each other. Um, Obviously the playing is not as fast and, physical as the national team but it's still a challenge I think the girls on this team are so talented and I feel challenged every day at practice to try to be my best and like to try to earn my starting spot and earn that playing time and um I'm really glad that I might be where I have that when you are kind of thinking I guess not necessarily back but just the transition process going from this incredible mountaintop moment of the world cup to now getting back into the swing of a college season and and getting adjusted to VCU. I've heard multiple players say it takes a couple of weeks to just process everything that you've gone through and try and even get some semblance of normalcy back in your life. Mm -hmm. How have you approached trying to just, get reintegrated into non-World Cup mode? And what has that experience been like for you, just figuring out how you go from being in one of the biggest sporting events in the world to now being back at a new school? You were talking before we yeah. we started recording, just building relationships with teammates and all of, all of those things that are also important. Yeah, I don't think I've really taken the time that I've needed to to process everything. Um, I don't even know where to start. I don't know how to feel um, about that, but I, I had like a two day, 
two day break at home before I came down to VCU. And at first I was kind of like, I, I really need to process this. Like I need a debrief. I need to whatever. But I think that jumping into VCU women's soccer and school has helped me a lot because I've had a new drive. Like this is a completely new environment and I really want to drive to be better for them and to work my hardest for them and show them why I deserve to be here. Um, and yeah, the girls on the team are the best girls ever. I love them. They've really helped me because this is obviously, it's a hard time to come from like the highest of highs to this. Um, but I don't, I don't feel like a huge drop off. I don't feel sad that it's over. I just feel happy that it happened and happy that I'm in a new environment that I get to push myself to keep being better. Final three questions I always like to end on. First one, how do you feel like soccer and your soccer journey have shaped you as a person off the field? Oh, I think I think it definitely has given me a sort of drive towards other things off the field that I probably wouldn't have gotten if I didn't play and maybe a sense of a leadership and kind of outgoing role. Like I think that soccer has helped me to be a, pretty dominant personality and to, you know, stand up for what I believe in and be like unapologetically myself. I don't know if that's the right saying, but like, I just want to be myself. I just want to show the world who I am and like have no regrets about that. And I think that's not helped me do that. Very cool. Question number two, I might guess where you're going with this. Maybe you have something to add in addition to the World Cup, but when you think of your career so far, what are some of the the highlights, some of your favorite moments, things that stand out? They can be World Cup related or non-World Cup related or a combination of the two. Yeah, the World Cup is the biggest one. <laughs> um, of course, like that will always be until we go to another one, the best part of my career. Um, second would probably be winning the AFF tournament at home in the Philippines. We won gold. It was the first gold that the women's national team has ever won for the country. And we got to do it in front of the home crowd. That was definitely second on the list. The other thing I wanted to ask you real quick, I had forgotten about before we get to the last question is how do you see the dual national concept and what does that mean to you as somebody that has such a deep love and appreciation for the Philippines and such strong roots in the U.S. I'm just always fascinated because it, I almost, I feel like it's unfair to dual nationals like yourself to put it into one box because it's not one thing or the other. It's, it's a combination. And I feel like you care about both of them so much. How do you see that conversation? And do you, are there things about that that you feel like when you talk about recruiting dual nationals and stuff like that, people don't really understand unless they've experienced it the way you have. Yeah. Um, I think it's a hard situation. I mean, we have some girls on our team who could play for more than two countries. And um, I think it is hard because you have to make a decision about your career and how you want your career to go. But I also think it's a beautiful thing because you can devote your career to bettering a country's, program and bettering the sport in a country and I think obviously it's hard when you have to make a choice but um I think sticking to your choice and putting your everything into that choice is what's most important well said final question Carly what does your soccer story mean to you I like to keep this one open-ended um I mean I think it's a part of my entire self so I think 
it means everything to me. I feel like it's important to um, identify myself as something else than just a soccer player, but I'm most proud of myself as a soccer player. And I think that it's given me opportunities to do things that people will never get to do in their life. And I'm just really grateful and thankful that I've had that. So I think in the end, it makes me feel humbled and thankful. Awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to share your soccer story, Carly. Yeah, thank you. Thanks again to Carly for taking the time to chat. Be sure to subscribe to My Soccer Story wherever you listen to podcasts. The video version of each My Soccer Story episode is available on the Touchline Talk YouTube channel, and there's a written version at touchlinetalksoccer.com, so be sure to check those out as well. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time. (laughs) 